Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Mike and Viana got the playing some games. You better pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. It's the R H A P B M B. Mike and Viana got the playing some games. You better pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. It's the R H. And welcome to the RHAP B&B for episode 11 of Survivor Island of the Idols. My name is Mike Bloom, still recovering from all our Thanksgiving feasts, which elicited a bigger reaction from our families than certainly the ones that the castaways gave Jeff Probst when he revealed that splendorous breakfast. We're here to take a big bite into this Thanksgiving episode of Survivor Island of the Idols with a lot of stuff to talk about and hopefully uh the the episode will not bite us back like the chicken did with sandra let me welcome in the co-host of the bnb liana <laughs> boris liana how are you i'm good uh so we are recording this on a saturday uh my family decided to celebrate thanksgiving truly the american way to do it on black friday <laughs> so we were making jokes all day that was like oh we're actually celebrating black friday <laughs> let's go consumerism so here we are ready to talk about survivors still recovering though from all of the uh the massive amounts of food we had yesterday <laughs> yeah uh the tryptophan must have really just like laid you guys out into what should be a long weekend so i appreciate the fact you sort of roused yourself from your sleep uh to be able to cover this episode. have they ever had a turkey reward on survivor do you I know i think so okay because they should do a turkey and red wine reward i would just love to see the effects of that maybe for a merge feast <laughs> Yeah, well, I know that back in the days they used to film, uh, you know, during the fall instead of back to back, the point where I believe uh, Dina Burnett from Rob's season had tweeted out that, you know, they celebrated Thanksgiving in the Amazon. But speaking of welcoming people in to dine with us, we are so happy to welcome this guy back. You may know him from those mean streets of reality TV Twitter, and we're so happy to bring this guy back. Aman Adwin, how you doing? I am great. Also, um, coming down from the high of the Thanksgiving festivities. It was a it was a good one this year. I had lots of fun, lots of food, lots of friends. Not enough sleep, but you know, Sorry. that's fine. You got you got your F's in. That's all that matters, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so the friend, like friends, food, something that sounds like the live, laugh, love, or whatever thing that people put out. But I like yours, Amon, better. It's like f- like food, friends, not enough sleep. <laughs> that should be the third one. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, honestly, I feel I feel like I have to go ahead and get those posters and wall displays <laughs> yeah. ready now. Like, I feel like that's a, this is like a million dollar idea. You're welcome. Thanks, yeah, get up yeah, that's like, yeah, it's like back in the day of like, what, three years ago when everyone decided to do a take on Keep Calm and Carry uh, yes. On. Uh, or or right, before yeah. that, when they were doing the parodies of the red in parentheses stuff, mm. like it's just it's just a trend that we just keep sort of uh, c- circulating uh, circulating throughout. And maybe be- it's so out of trend the live laugh love that this could be a comeback. Yeah, right, exactly. I, I'm 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 down for it. I am. <laughs> well, before we start uh, papering these walls with Amon's new catchphrase, <laughs> uh, I want to go to you. To get your thoughts on this season, uh, yet another very interesting episode is what and what has proved to be a very interesting season, especially given the wake of the events from the two hour merge. But it's it's tough to ask your uh, thoughts on the season as a whole, just because it's been so sort of piecemeal. But what have been your your thinkings on season 39 so far? Um, OK, so season 39. uh hmm. <laughs> I I definitely entered the season a lot like um everyone else sort of like you know let's get to season 40 this is like cannon fodder in my opinion like what are we doing like I just want to I was I want to see all the greats play again I'm not really trying to check for this season and then we had you know a nice sort of beginning lots of interesting dynamic characters and people and the strategy seems to sort of you know really be employed um by a lot of these players so that was really really cool so I was like okay I'm on you know give it a chance calm down um but it also still sort of like falls under that it's so early in the game that it's hard for me to 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 really um memorize people's names mm-hmm. and what tribes they've been on and stuff like that so it was it was tough in the beginning um and then i think we all sort of had like a very sobering moment with the whole thing with uh Dan and Missy and Janet and Elizabeth um which i feel like CBS and Survivor um they tried to handle that with with grace and with and with you know care um they fell short on a few things i don't think we really need to believe i feel like you guys have done a good job of talking about it and rob with shannon and um also lita with taryn if you guys haven't checked that out please do i'm sure you have Mm -hmm. already um but um yeah it was uh it was sort of like a uh oh okay this is this season is you know this is unfortunately what this season might be known for now i'm so i feel like at this point in time i'm sort of like watching but only t- I'm, i feel like i'm watching but with like through through my hands you know what i mean like through like covering my eyes like i'm just sort of like oh what's gonna happen next i'm like i'm cringing already and i'm scared but well, how do you like come back from this but it seems like especially with this last episode it seems like they're sort of just like okay well let's just get right back into the super things of the game and it's just it's a very very strange and like uh i don't know it's, it's, a, it's a weird season because there's so many tonal shifts throughout and i just i'm trying having i'm having a hard time of, like trying to figure out how i feel about it narratively. Um, but at the same time, these players do really seem to be here to play and to, and to, to you know, win the money. So I applaud them for that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not really sure if season 39 is the season that I really would want to go back and watch after this. Um, but it's it's a good time nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that. totally fair. I think it's really hard because, you know, I was having fun with the season up until, you know, we really had sort of the culmination of the uh, the dance stuff with Kelly and Jamal. Like that episode, that double episode just in my head, it's I I can't get rid of it. And so it really sours watching the rest of this season because I, I 
God, I just want to make fun of Dean for making a fake of a fake legacy advantage. And it's written so terribly. It's so funny. The goat army, like everything is just like, I just want to like laugh and have fun. And I I do, you know, but then yeah. there's that little thing in the back of my head that's reminding me of like, you know, what we've witnessed and what we've experienced and potentially where this could be going. So, yeah, it's uh, I, I get it. It's like you're having a hang up almost and like enjoying the season. Yeah, and it's 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 hard. I think one of the things that makes it a little harder is, I mean, I I, I love social media. I love Twitter. I, I do. Um, and so I always, you know, reality TV and um, social media really go hand in hand. I really have to consume both at the same time to get a full experience. Mm. And so, um, it's it, it it makes it harder because a lot of other people, you know, feel the same way, and people will harp on the same issue, which you know, which I understand. It's you know, it's justifiable. I get it. I really do. But it makes it harder, that much harder to move on. I also, I, I do. It was it was so nice to hear um, Matt Hoffman speak on the podcast. Um, last time because he really isn't one that you know is as in tune with social media as a lot of us are so it's really interesting to see his perspective as someone who's not you know consuming it as as rapidly as somebody like me is um and sometimes i do wish i was like well maybe if i just stayed offline and i just you know watch the show for what it was maybe it'd be a bit more enjoyable because you don't you wouldn't have the same um tweets coming back over and over again you know wanting to talk about the issue which once again like i get people that want to talk about it but it is i mean i i echo you liana and that sometimes you just want to you don't you want to watch survivor and you don't want to have to do with things like that but at the end of the day survivor literally is just a bunch of real people playing a game and so problems that happen in the real world are going to manifest themselves in the game and it's an unfortunate reality when it occurs but Mm -hmm. what can you do i mean that's kind of what makes reality tv so you know captivating to watch in the first place and i think that we just you know we just got dealt a a pretty uh crappy hand this time around but you know you get some good ones you get some bad ones and you just keep moving yeah i i totally see where both of you are coming from especially with this idea of like there is something in the back of your head of okay even though the castaways have seemed to really jump into the game, and there's certainly a lot of interesting stuff in this episode. You mentioned Dean's fake, fake advantage. We've got, obviously, Lauren's betting. Uh, we've got the, like, pseudo-advantage get-in. Like, I got, I'll, it'll be more so like an advantage uh, bomb that was dropped on <laughs> a bomb on the Tribal Council between Dean playing his fake advantage and then Christian playing her idol and Lauren playing hers. What is so interesting to me about the Thanksgiving episode in particular uh, is that I watch this usually with my in-laws on Wednesday night, and it's sort of like you have to sort of, you know, pat your tummy and rub your head at the same time when it comes to of like having to explain what's going on to them while simultaneously paying attention to what's on screen. But to your point, that sort of served as like my own sort of weird Hoffman-esque bubble where I was, you know, I obviously wanted to explain the situation to them, but at the same time, I was so concentrating on, you know, how to describe exactly what the action on the screen was to them that I almost couldn't focus on everything that had happened in the past. It almost allowed me to forcibly stay in the moment because I was playing translator at mm. the time as to whatever the heck was going on. Right. <laughs> you're like, okay, wait, how, how do I describe this in a way that makes sense? Yeah, or even the fact that like, okay, who are these two people sitting in this little hut, little shed from Home Depot and why are they talking and who might they be? Uh, and also like, why does this guy have two pieces of paper? And okay, wait, are they supposed to be excited about the breakfast? This felt like a particularly complicated episode to explain to someone who's just entering the franchise. At well, jump. first of all, good on you for actually trying to explain. So my mom was there when I was watching the episode. And when um, Boston Rob and Sandra popped up in their little hut, she was like, who are those people? And I was like, it's too complicated. <laughs> like, I'm not just, <laughs> I just I don't I can't right now. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. Well, then I really, really love uh, uh, when I'm watching Survivor with new people because I, I, I'd love explaining everything. I just love like I like I like try and like it's like I, I just like envision it as like some sort of like spell that I have to cast <laughs> over newcomers. And it's like, come on, please, like enjoy this with me. You're gonna get addicted just like me. Like join me. It's this is the good side. This is the winning team. So I, I love watching Survivor <laughs> with new people. Oh man, yeah, that's good. I I think for me, I just those are the moments. It's almost like um okay, so when somebody comes over to your house and you realize like how dirty it is or like little things that you need to clean. Like I don't. Maybe it was just me. Mm -hmm. Okay. But so when I was watching it and I realized all these little things that are so ingrained in the fabric of Survivor that if you truly are new to the show, how complicated it would be. Like explaining the whole legacy advantage. You know, we kind of laugh when it's like they do the flashbacks, but it's like it's so complicated (laughs) Like because you have to remember. Yeah, you have to remember the legacy advantage. You have to remember that Jamal made the fake legacy advantage to give to Dean, and then Dean made the fake, fake legacy advantage. Then the whole complexity of him playing it, knowing that it's fake, and then Jeff Pro being like, yeah, it's fake, and then Dean's like, oh, but he knows. Yeah, throwing the string up in the air, like, it doesn't matter where it comes down. I'm like, but then he still thinks that his legacy advantage is real. (laughs) So, like, oh, man, it's crazy. I, I am very surprised that for all the flashbacks we got this episode. Maybe Amon, they knew they were gonna, you were going to come on because it basically felt like an episode of Big Brother. I wanted to see like the blue tint <laughs> over the flashbacks. I'm surprised they didn't do one to what a legacy advantage was because yeah, I mean, I know that Survivor is uh, knows it has a very loyal fan base. So I'm a bit surprised that they made us ha- assume that we knew what the legacy advantage was uh, enough to have. I mean, I guess they had Dean Reed basically saying, hey, this is an idol that's good for either the final nine or the final six. But it's interesting we didn't get at least a, a little bit of a, I don't know, maybe Jeff pulling everyone aside to be like, hey, here's a legacy advantage, like the, the narrator in Rocky Horror. Yeah, right. Do, do you guys think, and it's like sort of like an, a weird tangent, but do you think that um, Survivor has like a harder time? Because we know that Survivor does pretty you know well in the ratings. Like it's like a constant thing. Um, do you think that they have a harder time collecting newer and younger fans for things like this because it is a bit Mm -hmm. esoteric you know what i mean there's so many um so many advantages and so many you know legacy twists if you were if it were um do you think they have a harder time like really holding on to newer people because of that and that the people that have been watching the show are the people that the same people that have been watching the show for like the past like two decades yeah that's a good question i I wonder if if survivor I mean, it's hard to ask, like, there are new fans. I mean, we know through the RHAP community that there are people who are newer fans, but it it seems like such a high barrier to entry. And that's what I was talking about was like, there's, you know, like Amon, like you said, there's just so much here. <laughs> you know, how do you keep people mm-hmm. interested in this? I mean, I think maybe it's just if you come across it and you're sort of fascinated by the dynamics, you're willing to stick around. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, and, and that's and that's also a point that I think Rob has been making a lot, basically since like millennials versus Gen X of the quote-unquote meta era of Survivor, where I think in the past, the past 32 seasons, except for your returning player seasons, Survivor has more so said like, okay, we know we have a bunch of history to call upon, but this is a specific season with a specific group of people, and we're not really going to tie it into any of the past action that's happened to the point where some fans have complained about like, oh, you know, they make, you know, they, they talk about this accomplishment, but this was actually done in a previous season. And now, for some reason, we sort of have segued into this period where there are frequent mentions on air. And I don't know if it's because of the contestants they're casting, the show allowing these moments to air, or both. But, you know, there's frequent mentions of previous seasons. In fact, the aforementioned Ghost Island was based around the entire concept of relics Mm -hmm. from previous seasons. So, 
Yeah, I would say that, like, it's weird to get people into modern, sort of, like, this era of Survivor from the jump. It could be, like, they watch an episode, they have no idea what's going on, and then you're like, okay, here's Survivor Pearl Islands. This is a much simpler and much easier to get into concept of what Survivor is, because, yeah, I mean, this era of Survivor is almost relying on you to know some basic facts and terms about the show, whereas maybe even a few years ago, they wouldn't necessarily do Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Right. I, I do feel like a few years ago that there were like the stand, the seasons were very standalone and you could just sort of like, cause I mean, I got involved during season, uh, was it like 18, whatever the, what was the season where Judd won? Uh, was that 17, 18? Mm-hmm. No, that was 20. Oh, yeah, just 21, Nicaragua. I was like, Judd, like, who's a Judd? Sergeant, uh, so formal, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fabio, <laughs> calling him by his God-given yeah, name. I I love names, so I never, like the Fabio thing was always so weird to me. I just kept calling him Judd. I was like, an, I was like a rebel, but. Yeah, so I it was uh yeah those seasons back then were very like you know you could you know they, it was like an anthology you could just watch each season alone you didn't really have to I mean unless it was an all star season of course then you were sort of like you know had to catch oh, up. Wait, I, I love this. So we can say that uh this was like initial survivors like American Horror Story seasons like one through seven, and now we're starting to get into the weird era where like Ryan Murphy's crossing over a bunch of characters <laughs> yes. and trying to link them canonically. <laughs> I mean. That was, yeah, exactly. Ghost Island, right? Like, you have so many previous yeah. references, <laughs> literally based around oh previous seasons. Wow, it all makes sense now. Everything everything comes full circle. Well, let's start getting into a bit of this episode. And let's, let's start with the person who ends up going here. You know, we thought that Elizabeth was in some hot water last episode and losing Aaron and Missy. But too, true to her swimmer nation, we thought uh, maybe she'd be able to swim through that hot water. Evidently. Doesn't seem like she did, though through unconventional means, it really does seem like Krishma was the intended mm-hmm. target, and she just happened to get the, the bounce back from this weird vote split. But, Liana, how did you think our Olympian was going to do preseason? Okay, so um, Elizabeth, in her response to what type of super you, she said clam chowder. And I had Elizabeth making the finale. So, there's not much for me to say about Elizabeth because the editors also didn't have much to say about Elizabeth. She got a purple edit mm. and was only featured when she was crushing it in challenges. Like clam chowder soup in a soup bar, she was just kind of there. She was voted out in the finale without much fanfare. She can add her survivor participation trophy to her Olympic participation trophies, which is really Aww. mean. <laughs> She's a medalist, Liana. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she's like unimpressed interesting so again i keep going back to ghost island but you thought she was going to be the chelsea of the season i really didn't think which ironically had a person named chelsea on exactly yeah we had gotten those flashbacks yeah i think um i remember during her preseason interviews i didn't find her particularly captivating i thought that she would you know be an amazing um physical competitor which is why you know i said she would crush it in the challenges but in terms of seeing much else from her um and after the first episode i mean remember the very first episode when she goes to ghost island and makes what i consider to be such an incredibly boneheaded decision to challenge Boston Rob when you see him make fire in like seconds right in front of you. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to be wrong that we got to see a little bit more from her. I mean, obviously, you know, I can't help but think about the Dan, um, you know, episode and, and her role in that. Um, but she seems remorseful afterwards. So, you know, it was a little bit of a wild ride. Yeah, and I will say, you know, I think there is certainly stuff to uh, lambast survivor for especially this season but i will say i've been talking to colin stone about this i feel like the editing this particular season is like i don't know like this is like an all-time high in my opinion to the point where liana i think you could say 
coming into the season like, oh yeah, this person's going to get purple, this one isn't. I think by the end of this season, there is not going to be a quote-unquote purple person. No. To the point where I think some of us may have hoped that a certain person would get purpled if he had to stay in the game, right. but the edit has decided to focus so much on everyone's involvement in the storyline at the time that uh, unfortunately that person's face remains on the screen. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting because I, I think that's a good point. I, I'm, I'm trying to think now, like, oh, if I had to pick somebody that had, you know, the quote-unquote purple edit, who would I pick? I have no, I have no idea. Yeah. No one. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you, if you look back in retrospect, you could be like, oh, like, who are the big characters this season? I don't know if people would say, you know, Molly or you know jason or anything like that but they still had their moments where by the time we left we're not like who right, are you they? knew them like yeah exactly and, th- and that's what i feel like is sort of the the difference mm-hmm. uh in that it really does seem like to the point where i think everyone got a confessional in this episode and last episode as well so again say what you want to about like the actual story that's happening on the island but the story being told uh is, is very interestingly done and if anything at least shows us as much of people's perspectives as possible, or at least their commentary on the situation. And you know what's extra crazy, too? This is the season with Sandra and Boston Rob where it's like, oh, great. No one's going to get any airtime because they're going to get all the airtime. And yet we have almost the reverse <laughs> of that happening, which right. is kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, it, that it, that is uh, sort of, now that I think about it, that I, I do appreciate that that aspect about this season because it does seem to paint you a fuller picture of what's going on and just how nuanced situations can be, um, especially in regards to what happened um, in the last episode. So I, I feel like, or two episodes ago at this point, but I, I feel like it's, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a richer experience. Mm. If anything, I feel like that might be um, sort of why I've had like a harder time keeping track of who is who, because, Normally, they, they sort of like spoon feed you. Okay, these are the power players right. this season. These are the people that you need to, to pay attention to. Um, and but now it's you know that everybody has a turn. You know, it's yeah. So it's like it's harder to, uh, <laughs> to 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 grasp onto people. But I do I I do I do um like that. It seems to be a more holistic approach to the editing. Um, so I had very similar, at least uh, from a from a longevity perspective, positive aspirations for Elizabeth. She was the third member of my prospective final three Ooh. with Missy and Jamal. I did think she'd get a bit more of them. I actually th- didn't think that she would win any individual challenges. It'd be like the big surprise, like the James Clement thing of like, oh, you look mm-hmm. super buff, but for some reason these challenges don't work for you. I did say she would have at least one breakdown over having to make a decision between her two alliances. And she also wins the final immunity challenge and then makes like the biggest deal out of who to take. Uh, you know, it's not such an easy decision for her. Uh, and I said her closest ally would be Missy and her worst enemy would be Elaine. It's so interesting because, yeah, she was the very first person I interviewed out there. And like one of the first things she told me, she's like, yeah, you know, I, I'm here to be as honest and loyal as possible. And after I saw the entire cast, I'm like, good Uh-oh. luck, because this cast is a <laughs> bunch of sharks. But I mean, I think from her reception people might consider her one of the sharkier players when things are said and mm-hmm. done, given, you know, how she treated certain situations. Yeah. I, um, I, I didn't, uh, read any of the, uh, like cast bios this time around. So all of, I know, Cardinal Sin, ah! <laughs> uh, so I, when I first started watching, um, the show, that was like the first impression that I got. And when I saw, um, uh, oh my goodness, I forget her name already. Elizabeth. What are you talking about? What's her name? Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth, there we go. Um, I, um, 
I, she reminded me of um, Ashley from Survivor HHH. Oh, I, thought I saw her like have, you know being a pretty physical player, getting pretty far into the jury, but getting voted out like just before the finals because you know of course she's you know such a big threat. So I, I really thought that she would have gone a little further. I mean, she got pretty far. Yeah, not um, but ninth she place gone, is, what, is what it turned out to be. I think. Right, right, yeah. So she, she. So I guess my prediction was. Kinda, yeah, that's kind of true. I think you had the most correct prediction out of the three of us, so I think that's something. <laughs> yeah, you actually win. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, man. Uh, so, Amon, as a prize for your newfound win in predicting uh, how Elizabeth would do, we are granting you the opportunity, as per usual, with our guest this season on the BNB, to teach us a lesson about any darn subject in the known world, or even the unknown world. What have you brought for us to Naman this episode? Oh my god! So I would like, uh, I wish there was more parameters because I was like, oh my god, what am I going to teach them? Because I like to teach people things. Um, you know what? I think I'm just—I've been studying Japanese for the better half of my life, essentially. Um, so I think I'm just going to give you guys a simple lesson in how to say, you know, good morning. My name is, and nice to okay. meet you. Wait, cool. so uh, we're we're burying the lead a little bit. Because I at least had no idea about this. Can you explain a bit about uh, your decision to, to study Japanese? Because that is so surprising. Oh, um, so I um, I so in middle school I went to this school. It was um, it, it was a magnet program. It was an international baccalaureate curriculum. Um, and typically when you go into the middle school, that means you have already gone to an IB elementary school. That was not the case for me. So when I went, when I dropped in from middle school, you could either be in Spanish, French, German, or Japanese. And since I didn't have any other training, they typically just put people that didn't have a language training at all into Japanese. So literally from sixth grade until eighth grade, I took it. And then I continued with the IB program, ninth through 12th grade. And then I took two years of it in college. So I'm not fluent, which is such such a shame, um, but I am like relatively conversational and I can like watch anime and not necessarily need the subtitles all the time. Um, and I can, you know, uh, yeah, I can talk with with some um, with some uh, with some native speakers, um, but it's it's not as like sharp as I want it to be. So I've been getting back into it. But yeah, I've, uh, I'm slightly bilingual. That's so it's, cool. uh, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's a lot, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I feel like it's a. Uh, I hear it more often now, which is so strange. I feel like if I, if I didn't know Japanese, then I, I wouldn't have realized just how many Japanese speakers there are, like in my life and in Philly. There, there are so many of them, and I, hmm. it's just, it, I don't know. Like being bilingual, it's like it's such a weird tangent, but like I don't know, just being bilingual, like, just really opens up the world to you in a lot of ways. Like you can like actually understand people that that are not speaking English. It's just, like it's it's just like mind boggling. It's just like oh my god, there are other people that exist and don't like speak my language. It's great. I don't know. It's it's just it's amazing. That's so cool. <laughs> All right, so yeah, let's. I'll, I'll turn let's it over learn. to you then. I'm so excited to learn another. This is our step, Liana, to us becoming bilingual. It's a very small step, <laughs> but it's a step nonetheless. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, I promise it's very, very easy. Okay, so, um, so to say good morning, um, you would say Ohio, which sort of sounds like the state Ohio. Ohio, that's amazing. So, okay, Ohio. that's great because people in, I remember that because people in Ohio are usually very polite and friendly, and they would probably <laughs> say good morning to you, Ohio. Correct. So, Ohio, um, if you were speaking with somebody that was older than you or had some form of status over you, whether it be a boss or something like that, um, you would say Ohio gozaimasu, which is sort of like an intensifier. So it's like, good morning, like very much like so Ohio gozaimasu to someone older than you. And then you would say um, for your name, you would say um, watashi wa, which means I 
or my name or Watashiwa. me. Um, they say your name. Liana. Uh, so if we're if <laughs> Liana, Watashiwa, <laughs> Liana, des. So des is sort of like is. So the, the syntax is a little weird for Japanese. Like is comes after you've already said what it is you're talking about. So Watashiwa, Liana, des. Watashiwa, Liana, um, des. Okay. Correct. And then, Mike, um, yes. it, feels, it feels weird to have put my name in there. Like it feels like if there was <laughs> any any smokescreen of me not being from America, I feel like putting Mike in there uh, is, is like a giveaway. And you just say it like that too. What Otashiwa Mike? Yes. Well, they they would have like a, a Japanese pronunciation for your name, so it'd probably be something like uh Mike. Like if we were going like full Michael, it'd be Mike Garu. Oh. And for Liana, you're pretty much they don't really have um L's in Japanese, um, but your name would be pretty like how much it sounds. It would just be instead of an L, be an R, so it'd just be <gasps> Rihanna. Yes. S. Ooh, I like um, this because then people would think like, oh my god, it's Rihanna. Yeah. She's here. She's saying good morning. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> uh. So yeah. So um. Uh, Watashiwa, Mike, Oriana, Des, and then uh, the last part is just Dozo Yoroshiku. Dozo. Like, Doz- nice how do you say you. Dozo Oroshiku? Dozo Yoroshiku. So Y O R. Wait. Yorosh. Yeah. Y O R O S H I K U. Yoroshiku. Yoroshiku. Ooh. <laughs> okay. So now so, forever on Survivor. Putting it all together. <laughs> if someone speaks Japanese, <laughs> we'll be ready. <laughs> It, it's it's a lot of fun. It's um, I don't know. I I tried to. Ohio. I was like, what am I going to teach you guys? Because Mike or, or Matt was like, teach you guys how to like survive a serial <laughs> killer. I was like, oh my, I want something edgy like that. But no, then I was but like, you're, you te- you're teaching us how to survive. You know, uh, across the <laughs> across the sea into other parts of the world. That's that's you know, they're both uh important in different ways. Well, I'm I'm glad to have been of assistance. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> okay, so the uh, there are people on the TV show Ninety Day Fiance who do not speak a word of their partner's language. So, I, I, like, this is a big deal. Okay, <laughs> like, oh, oh my god, I've been wanting to watch should. this show for the longest time. I need to oh get my god, into you it. You should yeah. watch. Okay, I'll, well, I'll send you Rex. But the most recent season of Before the Ninety Days, the first episode is legit insane. It's so good. Um. Yeah, like the oh setup goodness. of like three of the people is just crazy. So it's a good one to start with. But anyway, okay, I digress. Before before the ninety days, is it that do they film the nine? Do they show the ninety day fiance of these two people first and then go back? Or are they like we know these two are going to be pretty bankable, so we're going to take care of before the ninety days first, and then we'll move forward with ninety day fiance. So I think it's a, it's it's separate. So essentially, it's the people who have not met. Well, the way they do it is you're supposed like the original way it was sold was you haven't met your significant other, so you've been chatting online or whatever, and then you're going to go and meet them for the first time. And so then oh so, God, some so people go on and do the regular ninety days, like they actually make it through. But most of them are disasters, so they don't. Um <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Okay, okay, so we're talking like some people turn out like uh Obi-Wan Kenobi and some turn out like uh Mace Windu yes. in terms of like prequel and two main <laughs> Exactly. Series. Some make the transition and some don't. So. But anyway. <laughs> okay, so wait, so can we recap the words again, Amon? Ohio. Yes. So Ohio, Ohio. or if it was to someone older than you, Ohio gozaimasu. Um Watashiwa Aman des dozo yoroshiku. Ah, okay, cool. So then I'll be able to say that, and then nothing else. <laughs> Gotta start somewhere, though. I should. No, it's it, it's if you ever do learn into somebody that speaks Japanese, and you even if you just said that little bit, they they um 
at least the ones that I come into contact with, I won't use a blanket statement, but like most of the uh, Japanese speakers that I come into contact with whenever I usually I'll, I'll hear them speaking Japanese first and then I'll like chime in and they, their eyes just light up. They love it when someone else, you know, tries to like learn a bit about their culture and their language. And it's like, even if it's just the, the smallest amount, they'll give you so many, like they'll always like, compliment you and you're like, Oh my goodness, that was such, it was so good. That was so good. So That's no awesome. matter how much it is, like it's always, a, it's a good That's step. So cool. Yeah. Well, it also <laughs> helps that you're saying very polite. <laughs> right? Like if you said, like, why do you smell so much? They'd be like, okay, I get you on trying to understand my language and connect with me, but at the same time, like, don't be so rude. Some things are better left unsaid <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so I was trying to learn how to say that my dog smells in Farsi and to say like she or he smells. Boomida is how you say it. So I've just been like walking around pointing at my dog and saying Boomida. Uh, so then if an old person criticizes how much your dog smells, you say okay Boomida. Yeah, okay Boomida. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh okay so um let's move on to our first game that we're gonna play um on the bnb so uh this was a suggestion from a listener asher <laughs> um not yeah, i know <laughs> not Mike. i gotta tell that kid oh, wow. like listen he can tell me directly if he wants to send in games to the bnb okay you don't need to go through the back channel yeah exactly well you know he doesn't want the favoritism any type of nepotism right. to you know play a role here um yeah well they should have used well, his name. <laughs> yeah i guess that's true uh, okay well this is he's only six months old so he's only discovered uh we'll start him on the japanese fast path soon <laughs> okay though. can't start him young enough right, mom? We, i don't think this is your child but it, it's possible <laughs> Um, so after I had the suggestion, um, and so I created a game uh, all about how the Grinch stole Christmas. So this game is how Survivor stole Christmas. So oh my god, way, yay! Well, yeah, we'll see. Exactly. Now that Thanksgiving is over, <laughs> we'll see how this goes. High expectations from a mom. Yeah, right stop now. getting excited. Too high. Too high um, expectations. So yeah. So now that you know Thanksgiving is over, um, the holidays are right around the corner, um, and so we are going to play a game where uh, you are going to have to guess whether or not this was a name of a I, I'm going to read the uh, a word series of words I guess um, and you'll have to guess whether or not this was the name of a toy or an instrument from how the Grinch stole Christmas or an anagram of one of the names of the survivor contestants on this season oh my god yes goodness uh, I you know what <laughs> you guys are just so fucking creative like i just <laughs> like who in there like i you know what i'm yeah, okay, this I'm is one of the weirder <laughs> yeah, listen, ideas thank you asher I'll, I'll tell you later when you're when you're in your crib taking your exactly. nap how much yeah, i appreciate thank this him later. to figure out which is seuss and which is survivor <laughs> this is incredible. okay so let me give you an example okay so uh if i were to say tattle noise uh, you you would have to guess whether or not that was the name of a toy or an instrument from How the Grinch Stole Christmas or an anagram of one of the contestants. So Tattle Noise is an anagram of Elaine Stott. So uh, the correct answer would be a survivor wow. contestant. And then if you if you do think that it's a survivor contestant, you can guess which one it is for a bonus point, I guess, because that's where we are. Oh, my God. Uh, let me give you another uh, example. <laughs> and Elaine, Elaine does like to tattle, though, wasn't she? Was she the person who told Elizabeth that uh, or was it Karishma that told Elizabeth that there were votes going? Oh, on that's her? right. Yeah. They're very tattle noise. Um, uh, so another example of this would be the flu floopers which is the name of a instrument from how the Grinch stole Christmas. Okay. 
<laughs> okay. So here we go. Damn it! I wish I would have watched the I know, Grinch the before required that. Prep. I know we're getting punished for following uh, Jess McKenna's advice and like parsing out our Christmas watching. Exactly. I know, right? <laughs> All right. So Mike, we'll start this game with you. Okay. Zuzitter Carze. Oh my God, <laughs> Zuzitter Carze. Yes. All right. So I'm trying to think about if a Survivor contest has multiple Z's in their name. I feel like that's going to be the indicator. I don't think they do off the bat here, so I'm going to say that's Suits. Okay, that's correct. That is from the Grinch. Uh, I don't know what it is, but it's the Zoo Zitter Cars. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the name of a toy. Um, all right, Amon, this is for you. Natch Nick okay. Jig. Natch Nick <laughs> yeah. Jig. Natch Nick Jig. Nick Jig. That- I feel like the 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 the, the, the Susian is me, in me is not speaking to that. I feel like that is an anagram of a survivor contestant. Okay, so that is correct. Now, for a bonus point, would you like to guess which survivor contestant Natch Nickjig is an anagram of? Natch Nickjig. <laughs> Ooh, oh, I think God. I know. And, and and they're contestants so, from yes, this, this is season, contestants correct? from this season, but okay. but oh, ones okay. ha- that have okay. been voted out are still included. Oh, okay. Uh oh my god, I can't even remember yeah, half exactly. of their names. Oh no, that's the problem. Natch Nickjig. Who has an N in their name? Um uh, Oh my god. I'm so sad. Right, take take a wild guess. It- what do you think? Uh, Lauren, but there's no L's in there, so that was a bad guess. <laughs> okay, uh, Mike, would you like to try to guess? I believe it's Jack Nickjig. Yes, that's correct. Oh yeah, that's, again, Mike. Mike's was- cheating because he got to meet everybody. So like, oh yeah, yeah. true. So don't true. worry about it. Yeah, I, uh, I'm much like much like Amon. It calls Fabio Judd. I know all of their <laughs> you know God given uh, baptized names. names. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, the the niche take uh, uh, took me off because I only I didn't I didn't know his last name, but his new right, Jack. Right, yeah, and that's that's what the end. Whatever, Mike. Have. Yeah, okay. Well, that's okay. <laughs> we won't give Mike a bonus point here. Um, all right, Mike, this is for you. Odalisk Walkin. Odalisk. <laughs> Odalisk Walkin. Walk. Well, sounds like a relative of Christopher Walkin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it does. <sighs> I am going to say it's a survivor contestant. And I think Odalis Walken is uh, Mr. Detective Dean Kowalski. So that is correct. Both. Uh, yes, it is Dean Kowalski. The other anagram I had for Dean was Koalas Winked, which I thought was very cute. <laughs> oh, I want to call him that from now on. Koalas, Koalas Winked. winked. Yes, <laughs> Detective Koalas Winked. Because he he considers himself like uh, on the appeal the level of appealing as koalas winking in terms of everyone wanting to keep him around for that reason. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, Amon, this is for you. Tar Tinkers. Okay. Oh, that definitely sounds Susie. Yes. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the so the problem is <laughs> a lot of them have alliteration. So, um, all right. Yes. So, right, my, yeah. Who Carnio flunks? Carnio Blanc. That sounds very long. I'm trying to think if anybody has a long 
that. I'm going to say that suits. That is correct. Oh my gosh. I thought that one was going to get you. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would have, I would have yeah, said. And then you're you're like, I don't know. Yeah. Who carnio <laughs> flunks. Um, <laughs> all right. Aman. Rankle cube. <laughs> Rankle cube. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I have no idea. This I feel like this could be both a wrinkle, a wrinkle cube. cube. Maybe it is. That's the trick. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Oh man! If only I could have found one that fit both. Yeah. You should pull the Boston Robber. Like, oh, you should have known. There'd be a third invisible option. <laughs> should have negotiated. Wrinkle cube. Wrinkle cube. <laughs> um, uh, I feel like Mike knows. That's why he's laughing so yeah, hard. I just love now. the term wrinkle cube. <laughs> wrinkle cube. Um, okay, I I don't know what it is, but I kind of want one for Christmas. So whoever's yeah. listening, hey. Um uh, Okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say survivor contestant. Yes, that's <laughs> correct. Now which one is it? Yay! <laughs> um Who is You're halfway wrinkle there. Cube? Um, wrinkle cube, wrinkle cube. Is, is it wrinkle with a C or wrinkle with uh, a K? It is spelled R-A-N-K-L-E. So ankle with an yes. R in front of it. Yeah. Um, uh, <gasps> no. I was going to say Parishma, but there's no M. Um, oh, yes, because of the K. I don't... Who have- Wait, is it? Yes, wait, is it Lauren? Correct, it is Lauren yes! Beck. Yes. <laughs> um, some other anagrams of Lauren's name are Ankle Cuber. In case you don't want a rankle cube, you would prefer an ankle cuber or lace bunker. <laughs> she well, we ooh. did talk a lot about trenches this episode, so I guess you want to be in the lace bunker. I, I with your rankle cube, oh I guess God, that trench metaphor um, with the odalisk walk. Rankle cube sounds like if you yeah, if you like walked back from Island of the Idols with an idol, like you would put it in your sock, and it would sort of look like <laughs> ah, yes, that makes sense. Um, okay, Mike, this is for you. Lolly Wackers. Lolly Wackers. Is it L A L I? L A L E E. Wackers. So that's one word. The Lolly space Wackers. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to say survivor contestant Chelsea Walker. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, what? that's correct. How did you that do that? That was a shot in the dark. Because oh, the W? Yeah, uh, the, it's, it's like a lot of these contestants have like W's and Y's in their name. Uh, so that's usually like my indicator, which is why I was the Z's I immediately guessed was Susie because I don't believe anyone has this uh, name. Ah, okay. Now I know for next time I play this game. <laughs> um, all right, Aman. Who Wampers? It, ha- it literally has the word who. I was going to say, like, oh what, what, is she trying to trick you, or is it that on the nose and how applicable it is to how the Grinch soldiers? Who Wampers? Oh. Who Wampers? Well, that, that would be two W's, yeah. right? And I feel like, well, who Wampers? I feel, I'm just going to, I'm going to believe that this is, you know, what it is. And it's just, it's, it's Susian. Like, who's were buying Wampers? That I, is I correct. That. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Good. <laughs> All right. So, um, Mike, this is for you. Boop snort. 
No, boob snort. Oh, that's so much better. Boob snort. <laughs> boob snort. <laughs> snort. Oh my god! I hope Suze didn't let that get past the publishers. So, because I know Liana, I have a feeling that that is a Survivor contestant. But I have to think, boob snort. <laughs> Sorry. Boob snort. I'm trying to think. Okay, who has two O's in their name? Two B's. Ooh, uh, God. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Survivor contestant uh, Ronnie. So it was Boston Rob. So a little bit of a cheat here. You did trick uh, me. Boobs uh, was too good to pass up. Okay. Boston Rob also can be <laughs> snob robot, which I thought was also pretty good. Actually, I feel like the way he acts on Island of the Idol sometimes might come across as a snob robot, more like a snob oh boob God, snort. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, you can. I can only have this rice beep boop. <laughs> All right. Okay. <clears throat> we have one final one, and this is for Amon. Semen Mytho. Oh my oh, God! Wow. We went real blue at the end here. <laughs> I know, right? Semen, wait, so what was it? Semen Mytho. Semen Mytho. So, semen like the sailor, myth like a myth, (laughs) and ho like yo mama. Whoa! It's just (laughs) H-O. Okay. I feel like there would be no (laughs) semen in uh, in the Grinch, even if it were the seaman on this boat. Um, so that's definitely survivor that contestant. Uh semen myth ho. Semen myth ho. <laughs> I just I like the repeating it over and over. Just I love it. <laughs> it's like I don't know about job, but my Christmas list is getting real. <laughs> Especially long with now. that rankle um, cue. Listen, I got three things I want to put right <laughs> at the top there. I mean, it's Cyber Monday is coming up, okay? Um Semen Myth Ho. Ah, semen mytho. <laughs> All right, take a wild guess. What do you got? Um, uh, I'm just gonna go with the Missy. No, it was not Missy. It was Tommy Sheehan. <laughs> yes. Oh, damn it. Um. So, well, that makes sense. When you're driving in an indie race and you decide to put your foot to the gas, it can produce. Uh, the myth of semen all over a particular lady of the night. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and somebody who, uh, you know, m- may be our potential winner. I've seen a lot of people feeling good about his chances, which if Tommy wins, I'm sorry, you mean semen mytho just one survivor. Yeah, you better, they better, better make out that check to semen <laughs> yeah, mytho. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Well, it was a very close game. Mike, you only won by one point. So, uh, yeah, congrats to both of you, really. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, now we have brand new names to call these exactly. people. Um, yeah, Boob Snort is still my favorite. <laughs> I still like Koala's Winked. Yes. Or what was the other one for uh, Dean? Yes, Koala's Winked or Odalisk Walkin. <laughs> and Jack was... Odalisk Walkin actually sounds like, if we're speaking about Star Wars, does sound like a pretty Oh yeah, character. it really does. Odalisk. Oh man, Odalisk Walkin. Before we move on to more fun and games, we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are back, so let's keep on keeping on. Uh, so speaking of, what was the Lauren's anagram name? Uh, Rankle Cube. <laughs> Yeah, let's go. Let's go to the Rankle Cube here because I want to talk about her test on the Island of the Idols, which I think we're all in the same boat here with our little boat man that it's been a little bit of a mixed bag when it comes to the Island of the Idols. Lauren gets a lesson here in situational awareness, and her test is that she has to essentially bet on how contestants would do in the immunity challenge. Now, I'm wondering. Is this something we could or should bring into other components of Survivor? Where it's not necessarily us at home betting on the game, but the players in the game are able to bet for or against their opponents to earn maybe some sort of advantage or disadvantage. Yeah, I thought this was a really interesting concept, like a game within the game above the game. Um, And then Boston Rob, I assume, is just the, you know, the bookie here in this situation. Um, Yeah, it was very interesting. It was cool to see her sort of work through the logic behind everything. Um, I just don't know. You know, you need some sort of third party, though, if you're going to make this work, I think. Could it be like, I mean, could we move the bookie role over to Jeff and maybe like at a challenge or at tribal council have like some allotted time with the booth set up where you can like place your bets, you know, before something should happen? Wait, is this insider trading, though, or some whatever that is for like <laughs> betting? Because she had influence over what the outcome was, right? Like her and Tommy went on this whole thing to try to get everybody to sit out, right? She's influencing the outcome of the bet. Mm-hmm. That's not fair, That's or is it point. fair? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Wait a minute. Who knew that Lauren it, was the it, Martha it Stewart it's of sort this of like, season? Yeah, like you sort of like. It, it, I mean, it, it's strange because you have to. You want something to happen so you can get the advantage, but like, is it actually what you predicted, or are you just trying to get everybody to do that? And is that okay? Because it's still like a game of Survivor, which ultimately is a game of influence. So like. I don't know. It was it was a very strange. I don't know. These some of these challenges just in general have been very like, you know, I've been side eyeing a lot of them. But I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't I don't necessarily know if I hate this one. Um, it definitely was interesting to see her with the logic. Um, I don't know. It's 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 strange. Like, I, I feel like a lot of these challenges this season have been like, OK, well, Boston, Rob and Sandra are here now like we paid for them. So we got to give them something, you know, I'm <laughs> just like, I don't <laughs> Like, we're running out of ideas already. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like you have, like, you have all this time to, to come up with something. I don't, some, I don't know. I just, I feel like, I I guess I'm just expecting more. Was situational awareness the right term also? 
So, situ- okay, according yeah, I- to the internet, situational awareness is the perception of environmental elements and events with respect to time or space, the comprehension of their meaning and projection of their future status. So I guess the only part is the projection of their future status, but that's not even, I guess it's projection of the people, potentially. I mean, I guess in colloquial terms, it's can you read the room, right? It's yeah, but, but to your mm-hmm. point, it's also like, can you influence the outcome to of get the, the desire that you want? <laughs> yeah, right. It's more like, can you get this thing to happen? You know what? This is more of a t- what was Nora's thing? What did they describe Nora's thing is? Because this is more like that, right? Yeah, I think it, it was like the power of persuasion, yeah, this, I believe, was, was that one. Speaking of the flashbacks. Yeah, that's like kind of what this is. Power <laughs> of persuasion plus like situational awareness. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, in that case, I don't know, because I feel like the primary thing was, you know, betting on who was going to win, less so about, like, the corollary, I think, was, okay, you have to convince everyone else to sit out. Like, if that was the goal, then maybe persuasion would be more of a thing. I don't have too much of a problem with the idea of situational awareness, because it's just this idea of, like, okay, knowing your opponents, who do you think is going to do well? I just think that whether it was Lauren or whether it was the idols, I can't remember who came up with the idea of, like, oh, yeah, you can convince everyone to sit out. That's when it starts becoming a bit more, to your point, Liana, of convincing others and less so about, like, okay, let me see, you know, who's going to compete and who's not going to. Though it seems like all her reads were pretty accurate. And actually, uh, the montage we got back at camp of, you know, Elena, of uh, Lauren and Tommy going through people and having them sort of sound off in confessionals about it was very similar to everyone talking about not wanting to go to Island of the Idols before Nora went. So a lot of comparisons between episode four and 11 here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just going back to if we were to incorporate more betting into Survivor. <laughs> I just I feel like it would get very complicated <laughs> very quickly. So like what are things that you could you could bet on anything, right? So you could bet on like does so and so play like have an idol, does so and so play an idol, like who's gonna win at different challenges? You could oh man, throwing the challenges could get more complicated. Who's getting voted out? You could bet on that. Oh, the other tribe should Oh bet. my god, what would you call that season? <laughs> yeah. Surf, I don't know. Survivor the gambler. <laughs> And really, like Survivor Meadowlands, where like everyone just gambles on everyone at all times. <laughs> yeah, talk yeah. about turning away new fans. Like, let's make the most complicated <laughs> right. game of Survivor. Yeah. Wait, they're voting people out, but they're also <laughs> betting on voting people out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it's like, oh, do you let the people who are going to Tribal Council bet, or is it just the other tribe? Yeah. I will say, if there is one season that could actually give poker players a decently good job at doing well in Survivor, it's going to be that season. Yeah, that's... Like, if they don't do well there, they're hopeless. Bring back all the poker players. (laughs) Get Ronnie. (laughs) You know, like, this is their season. Hell, even put uh, Vanessa Russo in there. Let's see how she fares. (laughs) Be so good. All right, so I'm going to keep on this holiday note for our next game here because, you know, these past few days and moving forward, we are celebrating some fantastic deals online in the stores on every piece of merchandise possible, uh, even some Who Wompers. So what I figured I would do (laughs) is maybe for some new fans or for those that are looking to rewatch seasons, what I did was I went onto Amazon and I looked at some of the reviews for previous Survivor seasons. So essentially, I have brewed a homebrewed a casuals corner for Amazon. Oh, yes. And it produced some very interesting results. So here's how it's going to work. I'm going to have you two work together on this one because I will admit uh, these are pretty difficult. So uh, let's, you know, breed cooperation, not competition here. I'm going to read a review. I'll read, you know, the name, how many stars they gave it, and what the review contains. 
And you're going to guess what season it's about. Oh, my gosh. OK. Uh, OK. Now, I will I will give a hint. I'll give a hint as to whether it's in the first 10 seasons, the 10s, the 20s or the 30s. So that sort of narrows your window. But it does span okay, yeah, uh, the, the path of Survivor so far. And yeah, there are some very, very interesting comments from these Amazon <laughs> users. Uh, I'll admit a lot of them were them disparaging Amazon in general and the Amazon playing system. So I had to really pick through some haystacks to get a couple of needles that actually pertain to the content. Itself. Okay, so wait. So are these reviews from stream? Can you stream Survivor on Amazon? So you can stream seasons one three and then like 12 <laughs> through something but okay. they're also dvds okay, yeah. and they sort of compile the the reviews together. okay great okay all right so let's start here so again you two talk it out together and then give me a final answer when you're ready so this first okay. review comes from clark r orwick mm-hmm. he gave the season two stars <laughs> is that an uh, anagram the- <laughs> yes exactly for uh owl rock click. uh and the title of the review is how sad oh. Lesser evolved creatures like Tony Russell and his troglodyte nephew lower the standards oh and ruin this already difficult series. I'll give you a hint. This is a season in the tens. Wait, what? So, uh, so eleven through nineteen. You have to guess which season that was a review for. Wait, Tony Wait, you review again? Yep. Less, so it doesn't need to. I, I mean, it's your guess uh, again. Let's remember these people also might not be the most educated Survivor fans. Uh, but this is for one season, for a season between seasons 11 and 19, lesser evolved creatures like Tony, Russell, and his troglodyte nephew lower the standards and ruin this already difficult series. So, <laughs> okay, so let's just, let's, let's work through this. So, it, do we think the Tony that they're talking about is Tony, the winner of Survivor Kageon? Or is there another so. Tony like he, that we could be missing that might help influence this answer? I feel like he is like the titular Tony. You know what I mean? Right. So I feel like I feel like this is like someone that's watching them out of order and is leaving <clears throat> excuse me, is leading leaving reviews, um, having information from older seasons or yeah, from uh newer seasons maybe. May like but Oh, that's so many references all in one review. Goodness well, gracious. because it's weird because it's a, like it references back. I mean, because so Russell's first season was 19 was Survivor Samoa. So mm-hmm. because that's <laughs> if you're going to talk about somebody reference, otherwise it's just a shot in the dark, I feel like. So my feeling is to go with 19 Survivor Samoa because yeah. I have no better guess. Yeah. I, I agree. That is correct. You're on the board here. Okay. It was about Survivor yes. Samoa. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, this is one reason why I immediately realized I should I should narrow down the seasons because this spans between Russell, the troglodyte nephew's few appearances, <laughs> and Tony as well. It spans a lot of seasons. So yes, it was indeed Survivor Samoa, uh, which Clark felt was a two star season based on the fact <laughs> that Russell just existed on it. <laughs> okay, well that's fair. <laughs> Next up, here's a review from Angela Mulligan, who wants to call a mulligan on this season. She gave this particular season one star and titled her review in all caps, WEAKEST SEASON BY FAR! (laughs) One of the weakest seasons I've ever seen. I was embarrassed by the behavior of the women, disgusted by the behavior of the men, and bored through most of it. There was not even a single likable or intelligent player in the bunch. We didn't root for anyone to win. 
Even Jeff Probst was at his worst with his manipulative and leading questions at tribal <laughs> and biased commentary during challenges. Skip this one. <laughs> this is a season in the 20s. I have no idea. Well, they made a point of talking about the men and women uh, separately, so I would guess one yeah, world. That would be my guess as well. Um, because otherwise, I mean, you've got a lot of not so great seasons in that uh, range, so who knows what it could be. But I think. But Kim is such a. But Kim was so good to watch, though. But maybe. I guess everyone. But I'm trying to think who else was on that season. Exactly. That was with Sabrina. Chelsea. Was there. Who else was like super unlikable? <laughs> Definitely not Troy Zan. Amazing. Um, no, I like that guess. Uh, I like One World, so I'm cool with that, Amon, if you are. You like okay, One we'll World, but that. Angela does not. That's the correct yes, answer. Yes! Good call. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Angela just... I know wow. One World is a pretty despised season by fans, but she toured a new one. The worst by far. And not even Jeff Probst is safe from her critiques. Yeah, but his manipulative <laughs> and leading questions. I, try. I need to rewatch One World, I think. You know, <laughs> interestingly enough, I did used to think that when I first started watching Survivor, um, I did used to get so annoyed with Jeff because during Tribal Council, it seemed like his sole purpose was to just out everybody's plans. I was just like, why, why are you keep asking these questions? Like, you're going to get them to tell you what happens before it happens. Like, you're ruining the suspense <laughs> for me. But now I've, I'm like, I really, like, I, I really appreciate the way that he deliberates, um, Tribal Councils now. It's such a, it's such a weird shift for me because I, I, I definitely, I sympathize mm-hmm. with that one. I get it. I get you, girl. <laughs> All right. Let's move into our next review here. Very small. Kip Naninga. <laughs> Gave this season one star. Way too much skin. <laughs> Wait, that Way was too it? Much skin? Yep, and it's from the first ten seasons. Uh... I was, was going to say, I would hope, because, I mean, girl, that's not going anywhere else. Um, <laughs> the Amazon? Because uh... of Jenna and Heidi? Like, that's the only thing that really pops into my head. What season? Was there a season where they were really particularly naked? <laughs> Liana, this is like all you because I'm going to make a confession of I've only seen Survivors 1, 2, and 7 and 8. I haven't seen all the other ones. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, uh, you got to really watch 6. Um, all right, yeah, let's go, let's go with Survivor the Amazon. I'm sorry, uh, it was Survivor Africa. Ah, uh, yes, of course, all the nudity. <laughs> well, I think maybe Kip was perturbed by uh, Big Tom sticking a feather in his butt crack. <laughs> That's very possible. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like, I know I totally agree. Like the Jen and Heidi thing was the first place to go to, but I guess it was also really hot in the Savannah. Mm. That, I mean, I don't remember them wearing much clothes, so maybe the very conservative Kip uh, took some umbrage there as well. Sorry, Kip. <laughs> he's not. He's definitely not going to like the later <laughs> seasons, where especially when they don't give him their uh, swimsuits. Yeah, Poor exactly. Kip. Well, let's let's stick with uh, the nudity <laughs> aspect and move on to uh, <laughs> another one star review from Marsha Myers. This one's titled. At symbol, pound sign, dollar sign, <laughs> at symbol, dollar what? sign, at symbol, dollar sign, ampersand. <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> OMG, a butt cheek. Censor, censor, censor. <laughs> and, that's this is, the review? and this is and that's the review, and this is from the tens. Okay, so from the tens. <laughs> oh so that's God. ten to Yes, ten to 10 nineteen. Ten to nineteen. Do we remember any OMG, notable moonings? Censor, censor, censor. OMG, a butt cheek. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Something is coming back to me. <laughs> Something, a 
I see an ass. <laughs> I see a blurred ass. Somebody. So I feel like I just I feel like I have a vague memory of somebody mooning the tribe as they're coming back on the boat or something. Or maybe that's a later season. Somebody mooned somebody. somebody oh, my God. Mooned oh. Somebody. So I also have a vague memory of this as well. Um, uh, I want to say Cook Islands for some reason. OK, sure. Let's go with Cook Islands. Was there a particular mooning? We need to rewatch Survivor and look out for. I w- yeah, because I've I've been trying to prepare for season mm-hmm. forty, and I'd ne- I I um went and watched Yule season, and for whatever reason, I have a vague memory of somebody mooning somebody. But I've been watching the seasons back to back, so I don't know. But so that was the season that I watched. The recently. only yeah, the only mooning that I can think of off the top of my head was I'm pretty sure in thirty five they mooned the people that got on the reward or something like that. But that oh maybe that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, but I I I don't know. I okay, sure, whatever. Let's go with Survivor Fiji. Well, you initially said Cook Island. Oh, Cook Island. Wait, wait, wait. It's it's fine. They're both wrong. Oh, Uh, the answer the answer was Survivor China. I don't know if you remember a lovely Montanan woman by the name of Amanda Kimmel. Uh, but she was called Blurranda for quite some time by the Survivor community because for some reason. Uh, her bathing suits just would not stay on. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, so a less intentional okay. butt cheek than we thought. Yeah, this is not, it was yeah. not purposeful. Yeah. At least, I don't know. I don't know how uh, jocular Amanda is in that. She said, <laughs> my mom is going to kill me when it first happened. But yeah, Marsha, I, I believe this is uh, sarcastic. Right? I believe Marsha's actually complaining that they are censoring the butt oh. cheeks yeah. and that they should be showing uncensored crack. Fascinating, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I want to sit down with Marsha. Maybe she should run the FCC. I think there's a lot of ideas. <laughs> I'll let the butt right. cheeks free. <laughs> All right, let's move on here to review from F. Greenlee. Let's move to the positives here. We've got a five-star right. season from F. Greenlee called Nutcases Galore. Uh, Fascinating season. The Battle of the Looney Bits. Sometimes one really has to wonder why they let the crazies keep playing when they are so obviously killing the tribe. <laughs> Maybe there are things that get lost in the editing. Or maybe it's because the nutcases are so entertaining. And this is a season in the 20s. Season in the 20s. Okay, so who had a lot of nutcases? Nicaragua had a lot of crazy people. Um, Let's see. Kagiyan actually would be another good one. I mean, if you're going to talk about crazies. Um, I keep thinking about Philip Shepard, too, whatever his seasons are. Uh, okay. Well, we got a lot of ones to pick from. Um, okay. What? Which had the most crazies? Wait, Mike, can you reread the review one more time? Fascinating season: the Battle of the Looney Bits. Sometimes <laughs> one really has to wonder why they let the crazies keep playing when they are so obviously killing the tribe. Maybe there are things that get lost in the editing. Or maybe it's because the nutcases are so entertaining. I'm 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 feeling Kagiyan mm. on this one, but Amana, it's it's I'll leave it up to you to make the final decision. Kage, what's the logic behind? I Kage just feel Yon? like it's all about the number of the crazies. Because, like, okay, so Philip, if in Redemption Island, right? I mean, okay, he made it to the final three, definitely crazy. But were there a lot of other crazies, right? Because I feel like this is about the collective crazy of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, especially with and Kageon is also a good season, so I could see giving it five stars. 
that's so that's my feeling but okay yeah the fa- he did say fascinating season all right i'll go with that Kageyan. i'm sorry oh. it was survivor karamoan wow you were on his trail but the federal former federal agent lost you at a certain point i mean i don't know if i'd call karamoan fascinating but i guess f does make a good point in uh the loony bin considering you have Philip, you have Brandon Hance in there. I mean, those are really the two big ones, but I'm sure other people uh, have crazy yeah. moments. Yeah, that's true. I guess well, I, I guess him saying uh, why they keep letting the crazies play uh, should have been yes, a tip off. Right, but. of course. Yeah, no, oh, well. obviously killing the tribe could be a reference to Brandon wanting to provide his own Christmas present and peeing in the beans and rice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. According to the first reviewer, he he's the what what did he call him? Trog- he's a troglodyte. His troglodyte nephew. <laughs> yeah, Russell's troglodyte nephew ruins uh, Survivor. Lowbrow. <laughs> this feels like very uh, it feels like a very uh, Brendan from Big Brother type of thing. Like calling people troglodytes or Neanderthals. Yeah, I should use that <laughs> as an insult more. Troglodyte. Got it. Uh, and if you unscramble that, I'm sure it films some sort of contestant for season 41. All right, let's move on here to another positive review from Shane, who I should have mentioned is also a top contributor in guitars on Amazon. And he's got a great song to sing, and it is a very lengthy song, so bear with me here. This review is called Dumb and Dumber. (laughs) This season of Survivor, I thought should be called Dumb and Dumber. I found it to be one of the funniest seasons to watch that is out on video. The thing that was great was it's girls versus guys. You get to watch how each tribe handles this. Watching this season with my girlfriend was fun. I found the guys to be irritatingly stupid, and she found the girls to be irritatingly catty and stupid. (laughs) There are a few surprises and lots of irritation to the viewer as you watch these people create so much drama and problems for themselves. I like the variety of women on the show and watching them interact. The guys were pretty boring and stupid, I thought but didn't detract from the show, only making it better because you couldn't believe how stupid they were playing. I found myself wanting to keep them playing so dumb so I could say, (laughs) told you so. I was very surprised at the final two and was compelled enough throughout the entire season. Not the best played survivor per se, but fun on its own merit of pretty much what not to do. Worth watching. And that's from the first 10 yeah, seasons. Yeah, okay. So it's either Vanuatu or Amazon. Um, uh, I mean, you could really... Both of go, which yeah, I have not seen. No, so I don't okay. know. I mean, I'm you sorry. could really go either way. Um, so the the women were stupid, and so were the men. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I believe uh, Shane uses the word stupid at least half dozen times over the course of this review. Right, but this is a this is a five star season. Four, four star, of course, a four star season. It only gets you too far, Leon. Right, of course. I don't know. This is honestly, it could be a complete <laughs> coin flip. I could see making an argument for it, it fitting either Amazon or Vanuatu. Do I have a coin on me? No. Okay. Um. All right. Amon. You don't have a coin on you. That's stupid. Um, it's just stupid. <laughs> Four stars. Um. Okay. Amon. Pick a number between one and ten. Seven. Okay. I don't know what my long term game plan. I'm holding up. Um. Two, <laughs> I'm holding up two fingers. So I don't know what that means. We'll go. Wait. You just. You just to clarify your logic here. You you held up. <laughs> Two fingers and told him to pick a number between one and ten. Yeah. 
So I don't I didn't really think that through. I mean, this sounds like the next way they'll send somebody to Island of the Idols, to be completely honest. <laughs> All right, so how about this? OK, so the difference between the two numbers is five, which is an odd number. So we'll go with one. So we'll go with Survivor the Amazon. It's wrong. Damn it! Survivor Vanuatu. I mean Vanuatu. So five, which is uh, I don't know. Never mind. I'm I'm obsessed with this choosing method now. I want all decisions to be made using Liana's strategy. Yeah. Liana's two finger plan. I I really don't. I was like, it's fine. I'm smart. I'll figure it out. And then it happened. And then I didn't. I'll hold up the fingers and let the rest yeah. take its course. Well, just, it's like uh, it's, um like the Michael Scott quote where it's like sometimes I start a sentence and I hope I find my way. That was kind of what I was going that, for. Uh, that actually kind of sounds like this review as well, considering how meandering it is about yeah. how stupid everybody is. But yeah, apparently Vanuatu, according to Shane, one of the dumbest seasons ever of Survivor. That makes sense. <laughs> All right, let's that move was, on here to funny. a review from Partech, who gives this season three stars mm. and titles the review boring. Mm. I was very pleased with the winner. He slash she deserved it. Unfortunately, this was the most boring season of Survivor I have ever watched. I was so looking forward to it, so much so that I bought the season instead of waiting for it to be offered on Prime. The contestants appeared old and tired. They knew and understood how to play the game so much that the suspense was taken from the game. Each had a strategy that was very clear, and they never wavered from it. As a result, the season just dragged. If you have not bought the season already, don't. Wait until it's offered on Prime. And this is a season from the 30s. I mean, game changers. Right? Because it's yeah. like returning player season. Oh, I guess it could be Cambodia. Which? Are are, are they Wait. out on Prime yet? <laughs> and are either of them on DVD? <laughs> to be fair, this, the 30s are out on Prime, but they're like, you have to buy the episode. Oh, you have to buy the Oh, okay. They're not like free streaming. Okay. No, I'm pretty sure that's Got only it. through like 28, I think, or 29. All right. So, I mean, it's definitely a returning player season, I think. Um, so right. I guess the question is, is whether we think it's Cambodia or Game Changers. All right, Leon, get those fingers out. He, <laughs> they said he slash she. So maybe it's making me, that could just be not to spoil the season for people, but I also feel like it could be, you know, the final two is men mm. and women or final three rather. Um. So which they all oh, had Cambodia's Jeremy Spencer and yeah. Tasha, and then Sarah Braden, mm. of course, the amazing Troyzan. Um, mm. I feel I feel like Cambodia was more, at least in my opinion, I feel like Cambodia was more riveting than Game Changers mm-hmm. for me, at least. So I would, uh, I would, I would go okay. for Game Changers. All right, yeah, let's let's go with Game Changers then. I'm cool with that. I'm sorry, it was Survivor ah, Cambodia. We oh should have done God. the finger method. <laughs> finger method never fails, except for that one time when it failed. The one time we used it, and it failed. Yeah, Karteka says that this season was horrifically boring because everyone knew how they wanted to play and never wavered. Ah, yes, of course. <laughs> well, whatever. I liked Cambodia. I think he's pecked. I think more it. people probably agree with you. Yeah, I would say Cartex definitely in the minority there, uh, but only get, but gave it three stars at okay. least, and they acknowledge that it's not a one star season. Yeah, I'd also like to know Cartex's opinion on Game Changers. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, let's move on here. Let's sort of stay in the more critical space. Uh, this is a review from someone called Arg, Grr. which sounds like a troglodyte name. 
uh, with two stars. The <laughs> review's titled, Can't Finish the Series. Ooh. Nice scenery, but the drama is too much. It's a lot Ooh. like work drama. I chose it because I'm planning a trip there and thought it would be a nice intro. It wasn't. And this is from the, you thought this is from the first ten seasons. What? Watching Survivor would be a nice window into your vacation plans. <laughs> you literally chose a show where people pretend to be homeless for thirty nine days, and you thought that that was going to be good for your vacation prospects. It's like work drama. Okay. Well, listen, I would I would want to go there, but it feels like there's not enough food or water. Apparently, yeah, I think I'm going to. And they change. make them run a lot of physical challenges. <laughs> oh, I don't want my vacation to be like that. Um. You said this is in the this is one through ten. Yep. Oh God, where would mm. someone take a vacation? So what's a popular <laughs> yeah. vacation space? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. Uh, I feel like the Australian outback is not Thailand. What if they're going pop- to Thailand? Thailand, Thailand. Because it's not like survive. Like I'm planning a vacation to Africa. Like would have gone to look to see. Oh, they're in Kenya. You know, so I think like right. that one we can probably rule out. Also, Survivor mm-hmm. All Stars is not a low. I mean, they're in Panama, but like you know, it's like not a location. Not also, like, Survivor yeah. the Amazon. <laughs> I mean, maybe they're going to visit the Amazon, but that could also have similar things. Um, work drama. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, Richard Hatch do? talked a lot about. I, know. Work I mean, stuff. it makes sense why they would want to plan a vacation if work is really like Survivor for them. I feel like Thailand is my like gut, but I don't know. I have no idea. I feel like that's the most vacationy. I'm, I'm looking at the list now, and I feel like <laughs> I'm traveling to All Stars. Right, like I mean, yeah, exactly. Like I feel like if you're watching, if you're like, oh, let me look at this season because that's where I'm trying to go. Like Thailand seems. We to already be the most... had one for Vanuatu, <laughs> so let's just out of yeah. <laughs> eliminate like really. Oh, we also had one for Africa, so we can I think eliminate those two. Um. All right. Well, I'm holding up my two fingers, and I'm I'm saying okay. Thailand. All right, the fingers say Thailand. How dare you underestimate the planning skills of our U2? The correct answer is Survivor Africa. What? Are you serious? Oh, come on. Wait. Okay. Is that like? Oh, Africa's a country. I don't know. I feel like Arg. Oh, is just, Arg. I don't know. Maybe unless Arg was going into the African savanna. Uh, and not given any access <laughs> yeah. to civilization. That's the, I guess, the good access point. But even so, like, it, oh, I'm going to Africa. What's African for me to watch? Oh, Survivor, Survivor Africa. Africa. <laughs> I wonder what uh, Arg's vacation was like. I don't yeah, know. I don't know I, if they ended I, up going I, I, to Survivor. I don't know if they ended up going to Africa. Oh, yeah. After the season. Yeah, that's a good point. I couldn't even finish <laughs> were, it. Yeah, they were only planning a trip. There. Oh they, my! They had not bought the tickets. I yet. wonder how far our got because if they had gotten to the goat trading, that would have been a very interesting experience. Yeah, like oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I will not trade goats for a living. Listen, I'll I'll give I'll donate the aid supplies to the school. That sounds <laughs> nice. Do I have to kill the goats <laughs> yeah, too? Right. Oh my goodness! All wow, right. we're doing terribly <laughs> after the first two. <laughs> I know we were we were I doing know. so well in the beginning. Well, and now. Once you guys started bringing out the fingers, <laughs> then your game really went south. <laughs> oh no! Well, let's move on here to another two star review from Fritz S. I don't know who the winner was since I quit watching about three-fourths of the way in another org-like uh, jumper off. This was about the sorriest group of contestants <laughs> ever. The only reason I hung in as long was for the gorgeous scenery of Blank, and Blank is the location of which I, uh, you know, removed the name. 
This season seemed particularly scripted with the steady <laughs> advancement of the anorexic contestant who looks like a refugee from a gulag. Oh, no. Watch for watch for mm. the scenery and hold your nose for the rest. Uh, Liana, what is that? What is that word about your dogs smelling bad in Farsi? Oh, boomida. Ah, uh, boomida. That's the way they should have finished this off. Right? Yes, indeed. Wow. Uh, what what numbered seasons was this from? Uh, this is in the tens. In the tens. Okay, so that is ten through nineteen. Wait, can you read it one more time? I don't know who the winner was since I quit watching about three fourths of the way in. This was about the sorriest group of contestants ever. The only reason I hung in as long was for the gorgeous scenery of location. This season seemed particularly scripted with the steady advancement of the anorexic contestant who looked like a refugee from a gulag. Watch for the scenery and hold your nose for the rest. All right. So the skinniest contestant I can think of from this group of seasons was Courtney from Survivor China. So... That's my uh, gut. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Steady advancement. Who would say steady Here. advancement of get, <laughs> Courtney? Well, I guess she made it I mean, all. She, 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 made it, she yeah, was in the finals, exactly. right? Yeah, she got. Yeah. yeah. So, um. Yeah. I'll okay. Go with all that. right. That's my feeling. Okay. So we're gonna go Survivor China. You're back on the yeah. money. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is interesting that Fritz said the loan. Thing that kept him attracted to the season was the scenery of China because I think one of the things that people comment on is just how terrible yeah. the scenery is in Survivor China. Like they were living in mud pits next to a lake for 39 days, but that was Fritz's a uh, lone lone reason why he kept watching Survivor China, despite the quote unquote steady advancement of the anorexic contestant who looked like a refugee from a gulag. Yeah, well, I was thinking, I was like, compared to all of the other seasons in the 10, like, I feel like all of them have better scenery than China, but here we are. All right, let's move on here. Um, this is a nice five-star review from Mark Daniels, and this review is titled, Two-Day Bender oh. dot dot dot, I've gained 10 happy pounds. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. No spoilers! Oh. This season was amazing. I accidentally stumbled onto this season, dot, dot, dot. I hadn't watched Survivor since the third season, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so I knew nothing about any of the cats. So once I caught the first episode, I immediately was hooked, dot, 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 the entire season. The games are exciting. The rewards were awesome. And seriously, some of the best backstabbing ever. This season, however, also had a lot of heart, dot, dot, dot. I truly did love the final four, dot, 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 good and bad, dot, dot, dot. They all deserve to be there, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I watched the entire series in two days, dot, dot, <laughs> dot. Gorgeous scenery, excellent editing, music on point, Probst is excellent. Wow. Cannot recommend this season enough, dot, dot, dot. I'm not ruining any surprises here, dot, dot, dot. I'm not, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> but, but three words, dot, dot, dot. Fake immunity idol equals brilliant. And this is a season from the tents. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Fake immunity idol from the tens. Okay. So, uh, let's see. I mean, Gabon is like the first one that pops yeah, out to me when we're talking about fake sh idols. Sugar. sugar. However, uh, Micronesia may also be um uh with you know it's just an effing stick uh might be a good one yeah, and people to go love with. parvati season yes yeah. so 
dot, dot, dot. If I <laughs> had to guess, dot, 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 I would probably say Micronesia. Um, also, just it's a great season um, in general. So, Because I don't know if anybody's like that, you know, I mean, I think we people loved uh, Bob Crawley, but I don't know if anybody's like that psyched that he's a winner. Oh, you know what I mean? So I feel like to love the final four. Yeah, they loved the final four. Um, okay, well, also, okay, well, I don't want to forget Fiji, but I don't I don't think it's Fiji because Yao Man made a fake idol. I mean, the final four of Micronesia, It. I mean, that's like a pretty iconic final four. Um, right. You know, because you've got Parv, Amanda, Sari, and Natalie, right? And they took out Eric at the final four. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we got to go Micronesia on this one. I'm sorry. What? It was Survivor Token Cheats. What? Really? Yeah. No. Uh, what? I'm not sure if Mark. Uh, actually, no, I know that Mark did comment on the right season because uh, what I had redacted was him list- listing Taj, Steven, JT, Coach. I love them all. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you recall, I guess this is not Todd, a big hallmark of the season as much as it was with the previous two. Didn't Taj but, uh, and they Steven? did make a fake immunity idol that Joe Dowdle found, but never had the opportunity to play. Ah, yes, right, of course, the classic uh, fake idol from Survivor Token Chains. <laughs> <laughs> what? Really, he loved that. Who else is in that final four? I know it was JT and Steven in the, and the final two. And Who was? Yes, the classic Gosh. final four. Are you kidding me? Are you Listen, sure it's he, not he Micronesia? He said he loved them good and bad. I think it's Micronesia. He, he literally <laughs> listed the contestants and I removed their names I think to he, not make it obvious. Um, I think he misspelled they them. They got confused. <laughs> he went on a two-day bender and, you know, he, he those are anagrams. That's true. For the yeah, he was on a two-day bender. Can we really trust him? <laughs> that's true do we gain do we trust a man who gained 10 pounds while watching a season of survivor in two days Yeah, exactly <laughs> what all right let's move on here blessed by god has a five-star review one of the very best survivor shows mm-hmm. some of the tribal councils are pure joy while one in particular is downright scary you'll know which one when it's happening if you watch the movie cujo You'll remember how, at the end, you were lulled into a false sense of security, and then whammo! Rabbit Cujo, who was supposed to be dead, comes lunging through a window right at you, scaring the pee out of you. That's how some of the ladies are feeling after one of the tribal councils. So I wonder how it will turn out. Will they regain footing, or will it be like Cujo after his big lunge through the window dropped dead? Also, I don't remember whether Cujo dropped dead in front of the man he was going after or on top of him. I do wonder, dot, dot, dot. Is the details of Cujo necessary for the review? I like that those were included. Frankly, I am not sure, but I do like Blessed by God questioning themselves in terms of the recall of Cujo at the end. Also, you're on the internet to write the review. Like, just Google it. (laughs) I think what you realize is a lot of these reviews are just stream of thought. Stream of consciousness. Okay. All right. All right. So what, sorry, what uh, did you say? What number? Oh, this is uh, from the 20s. From the 20s. Blessed by God. That is high praise. Okay, so it was something about the women mm. being shocked, right? Yeah. Women being shocked, shocked, latest tribal council. I mean, would that. One world <laughs> again? Yeah, like, would it be one world again? Like, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think if there were any like strong female were, alliances. Only... Um, 
What about is there is there okay? It's like one shocking tribal council. What was the shocking tribal council from one world? What if it's wait? Okay, it's the women that were shocked because the other thing I can think of is like San Juan del Sur. Uh, maybe. Uh, with with which tribal council? Uh, the one where Natalie Anderson ends up going on the warpath. Um, okay, I have no, I have no idea. Uh, you want to do the finger method, or do you have a guess? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I just, I, I can only think of one world, but I, we already, yeah, did but it, we, he tricked but... us with the Africa. So, all right, yeah, let's go one world. Yeah, or what thoughts? Yes, no. Yeah, right, you will sure. do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Cujo came and attacked your answer and tore it to bits. Uh, the answer was Survivor Philippines. Uh, yes. And to be frank, I have no idea what they're of talking co- about here. Of course, the classic women's alliance from Survivor Philippines. <laughs> I mean, in terms of like a downright scary tribal council, uh, I mean, they might be referring to the one where Jeff Kent went home because that was like the crazy one where uh, Malcolm revealed he had an idol and Lisa and uh, Abby Maria revealed that she had one, but like, I wouldn't call it scary. <laughs> I wouldn't say that the ladies had to regain their footing. And I wouldn't give the imagery of a dog <laughs> lunging at them and dropping dead either in front of them or on top of them. Right. Like, that's such a dramatic imagery. And to put that yeah. on Philippines? What? I, <laughs> I really have no idea. Like who, when they said drop dead, I meant, I was thinking that they mean like somebody got like. Oh, like medically. Like, I was thinking, like, okay, is this a reference to Russell Swan? Uh, he didn't get evacuated this time, but there was a moment when he did. It, it's all sorts of confusing. Uh, from They may be blessed by God, but they may not be blessed with recall when Yikes. it comes to both Stephen King words <laughs> and Survivor. All right. All right. One more here for you. It's a short one, but it's an equally confusing one <laughs> from Jarrell Chaplow. The review's called A Tropical Time Sink, A Laughable Fabrication. What? That's it? That, a tropical time sink, a laughable fabrication. And that's from the 20s. Ah, of course. A tropical time sink. Okay, well, that doesn't narrow it down because they're right. all tropical. Laughable fabrication. I had to end up it because it's like poetry. And how many stars? <laughs> uh, oh, this is one star. Oh. Oh, okay. That changes the tone. <laughs> laughable fabrication. Is it Redemption Island? <laughs> You're talking about something feeling fabricated. I mean, hey, I, I, uh, I'll give you a hint. It was a season we've talked about earlier in the podcast. Ah, <gasps> is it Nicaragua? It's Nicaragua. Yes! <laughs> come through, God, yeah. Judd. This, come through. Come on, I mean, Judd. this is a. It's like I'm obsessed with this phrase. It's so beautiful. I like a tropical time sink. A laughable fabrication. People don't like that season at all, which is so weird to me because it's my first season. So it, it you know, you know how first seasons are. So like I, I always enjoy it because it's the, the first one I ever watch. But the more and more that I talk with people about, it, like I hate that season. I'm like, oh my god, I love, I love that season. I, I like Nicaragua. It it's sad. a lot of crazy. It's a lot of crazies, which is good. Which it is why is you were initially going to pick yeah. it uh, back when we were talking about the nutcase. Exactly. Ah, uh, yes. Well, this this podcast is a laughable fabrication. <laughs> And I mean, a non-tropical time sink is probably the best way to describe us. But 
I would say that both of you did a five star <laughs> caliber job in really <laughs> sifting through the opinions of some of these very, very eclectic people and sifting out what season they may be talking about. I think you got at least half of them, which is like pretty yeah. damn good. <laughs> and we were like close-ish on some of them. Yeah, you were there was right. you, were, you were always within like a three season range, I feel like. Yeah. See? <laughs> Even though we narrowed our range down to ten, but that's still <laughs> Yeah. Hey, the, and then the, 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 uh, narrow that down to two fingers. Right. <laughs> two finger plan works. It okay. works. Yeah, don't it question. Works. This is science. Oh my gosh. Okay. Amon Nokomis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the two-fingered plan. Um, okay, all right. Well, much like Cujo, let's jump into our next segment now. Yeah, I think? I think that works. All right, okay. So I, I have an important question I think we need to talk about because after like watching Lauren and Tommy this season, it just highlighted for me how important it is to have a wingman because I think about all of the pairs on Survivor, you know, uh, like Malcolm and Denise or Dom and Wendell and Lauren and Tommy this season. I think it just emphasizes the importance of having a wingman because I know that in Survivor, it's like, oh, should you come in with a strategy? Like, well, maybe, but you kind of have to play it by ear. I think finding one person that you can just trust implicitly should be your only strategy because I I think time and time again, we see the benefits of this. So this is what I don't have a particular question. Just I think it's important. And I wanted to bring it up. And I think that if there's one thing you should do, if you're going to play Survivor, it's find your wingman. All right. Let me answer that point with a question. How much do we think Dominic and Wendell have affected the view of pairs, both positively and negatively in Survivor? To your point, do you think that this concept of wingman was really you know, uh, populace in a lot of seasons before that ended up becoming so prominent? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, we actually see like Lauren and Tommy being targeted because they are a pair. So like, yeah, there's a risk to it. Um, but you're saying with Dom and Wendell, like, uh, like just um, uh, making that like a known strategy or what do you mean? Well, I'll, I mean, I'll say I'll relay my own experiences when I was out there talking with them. And I did ask that question to your point, Leon, of like, okay, like, what are the qualities you seek in your tightest ally? And a lot of people said, I want that Dom Wendell partnership. Yeah. I want that one person that I can combine mm. in. And I wonder if, obviously, there have been tight pairs in the past, but considering that that's probably the most successful pair, maybe besides JT and Steven, right. that have made it to the end so prominently, has really just, as of late, highlighted it as a good, albeit a winning strategy for a lot of people. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, because, uh, they really brought it to the forefront. I mean, to get you and your closest ally to the final three and then to essentially split the votes between the two of you, like that's absolutely insane. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, definitely they brought it to the forefront. I think though, looking back, I mean, even before them, there's so like, there's just so much value in having that person that you can almost trust implicitly. I guess maybe it's just really hard to find, and that's why more people don't do it. I mean, I guess because if you were saying, like, oh, yeah, people were looking for a closest ally, but I think just finding someone you trust implicitly, you gotta have that wingman, man. Yeah, I I think so, too. I think um, it just, it just, it just makes you a calmer yeah. player, because you have a sounding board, you have someone that you can just bounce ideas off of with and tackle um, obstacles together. And, you know, and especially in the game of survivor, like, you know, if one of you finds an idol, the both of you have an idol. Like, so it's, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think that's definitely something that I would want to do going into 
um, Survivor. I mean, and Big Brother for that matter, because we've seen a lot of that happen with Big Brother mm-hmm. too. Um, I think just it, I, I I do sometimes wonder just how well those kinds of things form, though, because so many of them come together in the beginning stages of the game. And I feel like at that point in the game, I would be so suspicious of people like, are you really my final two? Or are you just saying that because you just want to cover your bases with me? So I always I always wonder just when is the turning point for these for these um, dynamic duos where they where they actually begin to believe one another? Because I feel like there has to be a layer of suspicion in the beginning and you can't just outrightly be like, okay, you're my final two on day two. Like, come on now. Like, so I, I do wonder like for Dominic and Wendell, when did you guys actually decide, oh, I'm, I'm in it with you till the end. Like, this is it. Like, I trust you like implicitly, like let's, let's rock this game until the very, very end. Yeah. And I, I feel like with that, it might depend on like an instigating incident. Like I think what happened with Dominic and Wendell that kept them together. So quickly is because you know dom alienated himself in the beginning when he speaks out against chris noble also they end up staying on the same swap tribe so like they end up you know bonding together a bit more closely and like hey we're navides we gotta stick together uh it's interesting because lauren and tommy i mean i guess they did stay on the same tribe with vokai and they did end up uh on the backside of the numbers in those last couple mm-hmm. of votes so maybe that helped but it's interesting you bring this up, Liana, because not only do we have the Tommy and Lauren side of things, and obviously the literal wingman in uh, Sandra getting pecked by that chicken, but there's this conversation <laughs> at Tribal Council about how, you know, Karishma is obviously a big free agent. I think Elizabeth declares herself a big free agent, and Elaine, like, makes it very prominent of, you have to pick a core and row with those people. You know, I'm going to roll with them, or I'm going to roll fucking home. Mm-hmm. Sorry, she even apologizes <laughs> about it. And it's interesting, because, yeah, you would think maybe with some people, like, a free agent is great. You, that's what Rob Cesarino was able to do, was sort of pick up the loose change and be able to move forward with it. But it seems like with this season in particular, I mean, Elizabeth and Karishma are going to be the target of the main alliance, and that reason is because they have no one to really go to bat for them. All of Elizabeth's, all of Elizabeth's people went home, and I guess Karishma is just so flippy floppy that nobody feels like she has a lot of worth as a loyal player and so i guess at this point at least with this season they are really valuing someone that's close to them and people get targeted if they don't have that yeah and that's the thing is that you could like sell yourself like Karishma could try to sell herself as oh i you know i am this free agent but i think she just comes across as too much of a loose cannon for anybody to really believe her so i guess if you are going to play the free agent you have to but then how do you play the free agent and show that you're loyal you know what i mean because they're like oh i'm a free agent yeah 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 so right. so i guess to that point so obviously Karishma saved herself with the idol and that was an amazing moment like i love dean sort of being like um, just goofball Dean. Yeah. Like, I didn't know what this was, so I played it. And then Karishma plays the idol, and you see his face drop oh. in addition to everyone else's faces. Obviously, Karishma has survived another tribal council, and she would have, would have received the majority of the votes. And also, congratulations to Karishma. I think she's, like, the first female player since Kelly Wentworth to use an idol correctly, which is freaking awesome. But I guess the question is, like, did that endear herself to people, or did it make her seem like, oh, she's such a free agent that she's finding idols on her own and not telling anybody about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, what is it that really contributes to her being this like, you know, crazy free agent type character? Um, Which, yeah, I just I'm sorry. I have to say, like, I love the fact that it's Karishma of all the women who have found idols this (laughs) season. Like, she's the one that played it correctly. It's it's really somehow just a a beautiful thing. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this was a crazy tribal council uh, just with everything going on. Uh, Lauren zoning out in the middle of it. I'm glad she didn't zone out when the idols were being played because then she ends up playing hers, which I can understand. Mm-hmm. I feel like 
since you know people started going home with idols in their pockets uh it's become a case of like better safe than sorry you know that's why janet played hers uh that's why lauren played hers here so like i really do not begrudge anybody for just wasting their idols but it is interesting and i believe Grishman is also going for the record of most votes cast against her in an entire season uh which i think was set by laura moret in survivor blood versus water so Krishma's a record breaker in so many ways. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, because I think she's at 17, right? And 19 is the record. Or I think I saw that on Twitter yeah. somewhere. And I, so. and I think Laura got... Actually, she might hold the record now because I think Laura got voted out with 19. So, like, she has not been voted out and she has 17 against her. So, she might, technically speaking, she might already hold the record. But, I mean, she's in the history books for a number of reasons, this Krishma. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's quite the character. I've been a... Uh... I've been enjoy- as annoying as she can I, as I find her sometimes. I also just you know I've been really enjoying watching her 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 arc this season. It's it's a very very strange and loopy loopy trail towards the end because what are we like what, eight people left, seven people left, yeah. and there's what nine days left in the game. So it's like I'm shocked that she made it this far, and I I do wonder just how much if 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 at all. I mean it's probably very unlikely, but. Just for the for the sake of, of speculation, I wonder just how much she would have to do in order to increase her winner's equity because everybody just sees her as somebody to drag to the end and it's day 30. So it's like, how do you change that image at this point? Like, is it even possible? I mean, her her playing um, the idol and negating all those votes, I think is, you know, <laughs> if you're going to take a step forward. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean the, jury, the jury yeah. seemed shocked. I mean, Missy, who, uh, you know, has definitely become like our Eliza Orland go to facial reaction person, which I'm happy to have. I feel like we were missing that on the jury the past few episodes, but I mean, she was really astounded, particularly that she had canceled out uh, seven votes, I think it was. So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely something you can sort of put in your cap. I guess the question is, you know, I feel like especially a modern survivor, you can't necessarily get to the end on your own unless you're finding idols, you know, back to back to back. So I guess, you know, while she is endearing herself to the jury, maybe it's still a bit of a question mark as to how she's going to get there to the point where I would say, I think she's public enemy number one next week, mm-hmm. which is super unfortunate. But also knowing this season, this is a banana season. Literally anything can happen between episodes. So who knows? I know Dean was very, uh, you know, frustrated at the fact that they keep not considering Krishman before they know what she's going to be sitting at the end. We'll see if that makes her <laughs> a continued target or if that's going to be like a, a quote that they should have really heeded. And she ends up sitting at the end because everyone just sort of ignored her. Yeah, we'll have to see how things play out. It really, uh, who knows what's going to happen as we march towards the end. The other thing I end. will say, I'm, I'm, I, I want Dean to stick around as much as possible because Aww. he is such a doof. But uh, this fake advantage really makes me hope that he at least makes the first part of the finale. Because let's remember, he thinks this fake legacy advantage is good at the final nine and the final six. So he's going to walk into the final six if he's there with all intentions of playing this fake piece of paper that Jamal scrawled on and gave to him about 20 days ago, and he is in for a world of hurt. I need to see his face when he tries to play that legacy advantage. Although, the one caveat, if he does get voted out, is when he's in that final confessional, right, after he gets voted out, and he tries to give it to someone else, and he, like, writes down someone else's name, and he tries to hand it to the producers, being like, yes, I'd like to give this to, you know, Nora, who's still in the game. And they're like, uh, do they give it to Nora, or do they just throw it away at that point? Because that yeah, would do be they, very Do they interesting. tell him at that point that it's fake, or do right. they say, like, yeah, Dean, we'll definitely give it to her and, like, put it in their back pocket. Or they do. They give it to Nora. <laughs> They're just like, okay, I feel like they go. have to, right? Because you have to facilitate... <laughs> 
you know, the game and you have to like, right. But that is kind of strange. Like, I feel like, I feel like I would be so mad at production if they did that to me. Cause like, so you knew this was fake and you still let this happen to me. Like, I feel like I would be so pissed, but I guess they really don't have a choice. do I they? And I, I would also say Dean has to give it to Nora. Cause I, I, we need to see Nora's reaction to getting a fake legacy advantage. Mm-hmm. Love it. <laughs> yeah. She'd stand there the re- entire time. I also love it's just so many things to love about this episode before we get things off of her, you know, wanting to stay in the challenge to make everyone eat and Chip laughing and being like, I'm so sorry. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although I did love when, uh, yeah, when Lauren was betting on, you know, who she thought was going to win. And it was like, Nora, and I was like, well, yes, just don't bet. Like, if Nora accidentally jumps down for some reason. Although then she tried to stay up there to let them keep eating. Yeah, imagine if they were like, She's and just then so veggie th- patties. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> That was just so sweet. Like I would be so like if if I won immunity, I would not be checking for anybody's breakfast. Okay, I would be <laughs> running over to Jeff, getting my immunity necklace. Like, come on, but she's just she's 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 so sweet. It's just so sweet. Uh, yeah, I, I love and Nora looks like some interesting Nora content next episode. I feel like she had she had some fun. There's always some great Nora stuff going on each and every episode. Uh, so mm-hmm. we'll continue on with that going into next week. But let's finish things off with our final segment of each and every week here on the BNB, the question of the week. Last week's question of the week in honor of the fallen Missy. What would you paint on a tree in the style of hope is dope? Uh, we'll go through some of your answers from the listener side, go through some of our thoughts as well. Uh, the great Jacob Sager Weinstein says, if I were going to put a message on a tree, it would say, dig here to vote Jacob out. I just watched the tree until I saw somebody digging around it, and then I know who my enemies are. This is such a brilliant and flawless strategy, I don't know why <laughs> nobody else has thought of it. Alternatively, I would write the words hidden immunity idol on the tree. Anybody who managed to rip the tree out of the ground would have to carry it until the next tribal council, putting a huge target on their back. The only danger is that when Jeff says this is not a hidden immunity idol and throws the massive tree in the fire, it could possibly cause a forest fire. Yeah, burns down all of Fiji. Um, Yeah, I like these strategies. I like the idea of using it as some sort of game mechanic. Um, The hidden immunity idol, I did not think that the tree was the hidden immunity idol. I thought it was like, oh, it's buried at the bottom. But it would be way funnier to see somebody try to carry a whole tree to tribal. Yeah, imagine like where would they put that? You know, like like you can't put it in your trusty bra or your trusty armpit, like Chris was saying. I was gonna say you need a very big shoe or hat. <laughs> yeah, unless you're like Chris Underwood, I don't know if you're getting away with stuff in a tree somewhere. Oh. <laughs> well, interestingly, on the other side of things, Dave Baker said that he would write, "This is not a hidden immunity item." Ah, then what do you do? This is not an advantage. Yeah, I think is would it be reverse cycle? Or what did Jeff say about this one? He said he didn't say this is not an advantage. I think he says like it holds no real power or Ooh, something. Oh, that's fun. This holds no real power. Is that what he said about the fake legacy advantage? You mean? Yeah, he's. Oh, and he fake, did say literally, advantage. this is not an advantage and has absolutely no power. <laughs> that's such a like slap to Dean in the face. But the fun part is that Dean thinks it could like. Ugh, yeah. God, there's oh, so much Jeff, humor to I have. I got your wink, wink. Not this time. Ayo. <laughs> And I also do like. So wait, so wait. These are these are answers from listeners in regards to what they would put on a note in, hanging from a paint tree. On a tree. No, they would, but you would paint on the tree. Oh, okay. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Um, I was lost for just two uh, seconds. <laughs> Michelle uh, says, just says you're barking up the wrong tree. No, that's cute. Which I think could be a, again a fun way to sort of like screw with people's psychology. 
Uh, Logan says, in honor of Casual's Corner, shut up, Rhonda. Yes, shut up, Rhonda. <laughs> do you, how much do you think that would confuse people? I, 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 less, okay, more or less than your soup question. I think it's really the yeah, I really primed them for just very confusing things. Maybe that's what happened. I don't want to uh, pat myself on the back too much, but maybe the idea of comparing themselves to soup just made them realize they should play balls to the wall and it's produced this absolutely insane <laughs> yeah, That's game. right. This is your fault. I don't know, but Survivor Reference Island <laughs> or like Inside Joke Island is really what we're heading towards. Yeah, I was going to say that's basically Survivor at this point, right? Right. Like, oh, you have, you'd have yeah, to be there really. to get it. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, what I'll play out last. Uh, John John says, I would paint my Twitter and Instagram handle. That way people can find me easily on social media. Mom, what would you think about? Obviously, Big Brother contestants like to do this all the time in their uh, eviction speeches. What would you think about making its way mm-hmm. onto Survivor? Um, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be too perturbed. You know, I mean, I feel like I'm so I feel like I'm already so used to it that I just be like, you know, hey, you know, get it how you live, make that hustle. You know what I mean? We're all trying to make it out here, so do what you gotta do, honey. Well, oh, I, yeah. I mean, Dan Ringering maybe was the closest with Hot Cop. Um, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, true. Of, like, who else? Yeah, that. otherwise, yeah, it's I, just I, Big I Brother. Say, like, I, I thought Fitness. at some point there was a there was a merch flag that had someone's social media handle painted on it, but I can't remember. Ah, uh, maybe someone talked about it in an Amazon review. Keep looking. Oh, Mike. yeah, I do remember that now. Somebody did do that. Hmm. Yeah, I can't remember. I also know that there was a secret scene earlier this season where Dean referenced himself as DK Chillin, which is his handle on social media. Too. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> yeah. He'll like, that's what he'll do. He would put instead of his name, he'll put like DK Chillin on the back of that real legacy advantage to play at the final six. Yeah. That way you, you know who it is. Yeah. Is uh, finally, so Dan Sinansky says, I would paint logos all the way around a tree at eye level. There's just a ring of blur with tree above it and tree below it. Oh, wait, paint logos all the way. Lo- logos of what? Survivor? Yeah, I'm not entirely. I'm I'm not sure if it's Survivor logos, which you would have to be very good to be able to paint those. because Those are very detailed. Uh, but I guess maybe just like a ring of color around, so that you know, there's a there's just a, like a big blurry mess with a bunch of trees surrounding. Or it could be like, uh, what was this? Was it 35 that you would paint the logo on the coconut and then there was an idol inside? Well, see, yeah, there was uh, 35 was when it was painted mm. on a tree. When it was uh, etched in the tree. Okay. And then 33 was when it was, there was just a, a coconut painted with like a symbol on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that kind of reminds me of that. Um, I personally would think of going the way of graffiti, uh, just to sort of like paint quite literally uh, a target on somebody. So if you write like Dean is a doo-doo head on the tree, uh, I think that you could really be like, oh, I, I saw, you know, Janet messing around with the paint. Maybe she was the one who said it. <laughs> You're, I feel like this is too much workplace drama, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> this is <laughs> no Survivor, Survivor Africa. Africa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I like that. I like that concept, too. So I was thinking, I was like, oh, could I use it, you know, for game, which I thought could be cool. But I think I would just use it to troll my fellow contestants. So the one idea that I had was, right, look behind you. And then when they turn around, then I write on another tree, psych. <laughs> Yeah, or like, got him. Yeah, exactly. Or like, if you're reading this, you're stupid. <laughs> Ooh, how about this? He paints on a tree. You just lost the game. Ooh, and then I think it's Works canon. on so many levels. <laughs> yeah, the game within the game. Or like, what's that game where you have your fingers with the circle and then, you know, you like your thumb and forefinger make the circle oh, the and if somebody looks before? at it? Yeah, that's what it's the finger game. And then if they look at it, then they lose, right? Or something. Yeah, you just like, draw you just one of those. out of a tree yeah. and punch him in the shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I would like 
paint something. I'll probably paint. Uh, I'd make it say like "hug for immunity," and like the entire tribe would just be <laughs> hugging the tree the entire day, and I could just search the camp for an immunity idol. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Like a distraction, right? Like right. send people <laughs> off somewhere or something on like a you know get them away from camp so that you can look for the idol. I like that plan. You know, exactly. Oh, you know what you can do is is like you know those pictures that were popular for a, a while were like. It'd be a picture and they put like little text in the left corner that's like, oh, look in the top right corner. And then you put text there. It's like, oh, yeah. look, in the, look at the, yeah. uh, the soccer player's forehead. Like do that with a bunch of trees in the jungle and just lead people <laughs> on this wild goose chase while you go look for idols. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure the editors would love that. <laughs> so next week's question of the week, we heard about the goat army. Admittedly, I think the previews were a bit duplicitous in that we thought that Dean was going to be part of the goat army. And that's why he was. Uh, play acting so energetically uh, but it turns out that no apparently Nora and Karishma are part of the goat army and he was an enemy of the goat army so our question for next week is who would you enlist in the goat army now I'm going to expand this here you can either do previous survivor players or why the hell not you can pick people from your life that you want to put into the goat army whatever the hell that means your mileage may vary uh, but just let us know who you would want to enlist into the goat army Maybe their role as well. Uh, you know, we had goat number one in Karishma, goat number two in Nora. Maybe we need like a, I don't know, a goat parachuter. We need a goat lieutenant. We need a whole hierarchy in the goat army. So you have a bunch of ways you can reach out to us with this information. You can always tweet us using the hashtag RHAPBNB. Email us RHAPBNB at gmail.com. Or you can respond in any of the numerous threads that this pops up in across the internet. We'll be reviewing all your goat army rankings and much more next week as we get into the family visit with our guest frail mary mary krakowski is going to make her first survivor appearance on the bnb to talk through episode 12 of survivor Yay. island of the idols yes amon your fellow uh, bb live feed updaters coming to join us yes live feed represent all right so amon as we bid adieu to you thank you so much for coming on and submitting yourself to all the madness both susian and non-susian that we have uh, indulged in <laughs> over the past couple of hours if people want to catch up on your opinions on various things whether it be reality tv or otherwise how can people keep track of you on social media you can follow me at amon adwin on twitter also instagram but i really i'm not an instagram person so mainly just twitter that's where you shall find me. That's where I shall be. <laughs> All right. And Liana, how can people keep, catch up with what you're doing both on social media and in their earbuds? Yes. So you can find me um, on social media at Liana Boris uh, on all platforms. Um, the Masked Singer took another break this week because Fox doesn't know how to air TV shows, apparently. Um, but Puya and I will be back next week with I maybe a double episode. Look, again, I don't know. Fox doesn't know how to air TV shows. Like I said, so uh, uh, we're off this week. So enjoy your holidays and um, and yeah, and then we'll be back in your earbuds next week with a brand new episode. I'm very intrigued. You know, I, I know you guys are very much into like, I don't want to go online and look into things, but looking at these Amazon reviews made me intrigued. Maybe at the end of the season, you guys can do like a casuals corner about the show because I'm very intrigued to find out just what like your regular Joe or Jane feels about the mass singers. Oh, that's a really good idea. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. Especially because, yeah, once it's all said and done, then uh, then we can we can look at what all the crazy casuals have to say. Although we are uh, crazy casuals too, though. So like, when we yeah. find our opinions are exactly the same as everybody else's, like, oh. <laughs> it's the meme of the two Spider-Men pointing at each other, yeah. basically. Uh, you can follow me at a Mike Bloom type. 
I have not received word as of yet as to whether I will be talking with Elizabeth in an exit interview this week. If we do, obviously, it's going to come a bit later because of the holiday. But if you haven't caught up on my interviews with Aaron and Missy, I highly, highly recommend it. I think they gave very interesting perspectives on their actions throughout the game. So be sure to check all that out on parade.com slash tag slash survivor. Josh Wiggler and I are still moving our way through Lost Down the Hatch. We're actually about to uh, record a bunch of episodes because Josh is going on vacation in January. So if you have, if you, essentially, if you have any thoughts about the rest of season one, Email us, tweet us, do whatever you want to, because we are going very hard with Lost for the rest of season one. And who knows? You might hear Liana and I talking in some other capacities in some other RHAP podcasts over the course of these next couple of weeks. Who's to say? Who's to say? <laughs> but that's going to do it for this week's edition of the RHAP B&B. Special thanks to Scott and Pierre for editing this behind the scenes. Paul Osselson for our theme song. Will from Amer- Paul Osselson for being our head writer and Will from America for our theme song. Don't want to mix up roles there. If you guys have games that you want to suggest, like our lovely uh, Grinch versus Survivor Anagram game, be sure to reach out to us. We are more than willing to try out any games here on the BNB. We'll be back next week with Mary Kwiatkowski to break down the family visit episode of Survivor 39. But for now, we'll check you out at your next step. Mike and Liana, yeah, they're playing some games. And I pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that you know Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that you know Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.